something you've been putting off. Maybe you say, someday I'll do that, or when I have more time. Whether the item is a big bucket list item or something smaller like going on a hike, now is the time to start your Say Yes list. And we have the perfect process to help you turn these items into reality. Join thousands of others with our free Say Yes list template at thesayyesexperience.com forward slash list. It'll help you stop living in that someday and start making those list items come true today. So download it now at thesayyesexperience.com forward slash list. Welcome to the Say Yes Experience podcast, where we inspire you to get out of your comfort zone and into possibilities. Our mission at the Say Yes Experience is to empower 10 million people to say yes. If you're new here, welcome. We're thrilled you're here. I'm Just Corrector. I co-founded the Say Yes Experience with my then nine-year-old son, Blaze, based off his idea to let's just say yes to things. I'm one of the top experts on burnout, and companies and conferences hire me to present on mental health, wellness, and burnout prevention. As the number one best-selling author of 11 books, keynote speaker, and a burnout specialist, I've seen so much with our clients. The Say Yes Experience was started to help you really start living, to do the things that light you up, have more fun, and turn your dreams, or what we call Say Yes list items, into reality. So thank you for investing in yourself and being here. Now let's make it happen. As a synchronized swimmer, she thought she wasn't that good. So when she had the opportunity to say yes and try out for the Australian Olympics team, Danielle Kettlewell hesitated. After all, she thought she wasn't that good. She traveled halfway around the world to go after her impossible dream of becoming an Olympic athlete. And guess what happened? So please help me welcome our guest today, Danielle Kettlewell. Thank you so much for joining us, Danielle. Woo! I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so much, Jess. Sure. We are excited to have you. So I want you to take us back and really share with us how that Say Yes experience started for you because you have a really fascinating story and fun. It's a lot of fun too. Yeah, absolutely. So it goes back about 10 years ago from this point to 2013. So for a little bit of background context, I am from Vancouver, Canada, um, where I was born and raised. And I did this crazy sport called synchronized swimming. And now it has been officially changed at the Olympics to be called artistic swimming. And so I did that sport first. And then I got this crazy, crazy, crazy once in a lifetime opportunity the day after my 21st birthday to come try out for the Australian national synchronized swimming team in the hopes of qualifying for the 2016 Olympic Games and um, becoming an Olympian. And even though it seemed like a world of impossible away from me, I said yes. And so that's okay. it. What? Well, what? Okay. So what happened? You said, you know, that you weren't the best at synchronized swimming. So where were you at that point of your life? What was going on that that opportunity came about? Because how did the opportunity come about if you really weren't the best at it. Yeah. So I had done the sport since I was eight years old. Um, I was, I'm too tall from gymnastics. I'm about um, five foot nine. Um, so way too tall to be a gymnast. And I always loved swimming. And so my mom found this sport of synchronized swimming and she thought it would be the perfect um, combination. And being a little girl, knowing that I get to work with the team, I get to basically dance in the water. I get to wear makeup yeah. when I perform in sparkly suits. I was like, this is me. <laughs> and so I competed throughout my high school years. Um, 
and I was fortunate enough to go to nationals in Canada, but I was never that good. Like I was the equivalent of being on the bench, right? Like I was the reserve for the team. And so I got to go, but I got to basically participate. And I was the least likely to succeed. You know how we usually have the most likely to succeed? Yeah. I was probably the least likely, but I always had a great attitude. Um, and so there was nowhere else for me to go when I was in year 12 and I decided to retire. Retire, I say with quote unquote. And I stayed in the sport and I, I, I participated and I just swam for fun. And so when this opportunity presented itself to me, I was training, but like, it's kind of like how you go to the gym a few times a week, right? Like you just do it to exercise or not training to to be an Ironman athlete or whatever, right? Like you're just doing right. it because you want to stay healthy. And, and so at the time I was training, I say loosely, and I got this crazy opportunity when I was speaking on the phone with a friend of mine. So the synchronized swimming world is quite small and it's an amazing sport, but a lot of people know each other. And the assistant national team coach of the Australian synchronized swimming team used to live in Vancouver, Canada. And she actually knew a friend of mine um, and so we were speaking on the phone and when we were talking on the phone, she reached out to her on Facebook Messenger and she said to her, um, because my friend had dual citizenship to Australia, she said, hey, any chance you want to come try out for the Australian team? A lot of the team is retired after the 2012 Olympics. We need more people. And so I was cheering her on for a little while and then, and then she looks at me and she said, you could do this too because my parents are both from Australia as well. And so I have the oh, opportunity to have dual citizenship. And so there's kind of like an, a great opportunity with a bit of a loophole but also we have to remember that it felt like the entire world was stacked against me at the time i was also suffering from a concussion i was never really that good i was all the way over in canada like it just seems so impossible yet i still decided to say yes what i mean that's a lot of stuff stacked yeah. against you now right? why did you say yes when you've had all those things feeling like that they were stacked against you that i mean it's near impossible that you're gonna make it anyway yeah. so why did you say yes instead of just saying um, no? I mean, there's no way I'm ever going to make that. Why did you decide to say yes? Yeah. And so I really thought about Jess sitting there and I was thinking about, you know, my life. I've always kind of been a bit of an old soul. And I was thinking about what would it be like when I'm looking back at my life at the end of the day, at the end of my lifetime, what would actually matter? And I was so afraid of what people were going to think. I was so afraid of failing. I was so afraid of judgment. Um, and honestly, like the possibility of even making it, I don't even know if it was in my realm of existence, but just the thought of trying seemed exciting for me, right? Even just yeah. to say I tried to go to the Olympics was seemed bold. And so even though I was so incredibly terrified of all of those things, judgment, failure, not being enough, it not working out, I was more afraid of regretting that I had mm. regretting making a decision because I didn't think that I was good enough or I didn't feel brave enough. And so in that moment, even though it seemed like there was less than a 1% chance of me making it, there was also a tiny, tiny percent chance. And I say this, and I think this is really important as well, because people say to me, well, you got a tiny opportunity to go to the Olympics. I'm like, yes, but we all get opportunities in our life. And a lot of the times we don't count ourselves in because we don't feel worthy of it, or we don't even see the opportunity or we're afraid of saying yes to it, right? Because we're afraid of failing. We're afraid of judgment. We're afraid of what other people are going to think. And so yes. that was an opportunity that came into my life, but all of the lessons 
listeners here, you're going to have an opportunity in your life where you can say yes, even in the face of almost seeming delusional, because I think that that's what people thought when I first started telling people, hey, I'm going to try and go to the Olympics. They're like, what? You have hit your head. Like, are you okay? Like, who do you think that you are? Right? Like, it was absolutely phenomenally impossible. But I said yes. And then I went all in. And I believe that's what allowed it to make it possible as long as as well as working on my mindset and my self-belief. So what is going all in? What what does that mean? Yeah. And for those people who, you know, maybe thought you were possible, is there something specific that you said to them or did you just ignore them? How did you handle those people who were kind of naysayers or wonder, yeah. like, did she really hit her head? Like, she's not going to make it. Like, what is she thinking? Who does she think she is? How do you handle those kind of people in the process? Absolutely. So I think it's not even necessarily the words that people say, but it's the words that people don't say, right? You know, when, when you say, hey, I'm going to go do this thing. And then they go, oh, okay. 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 Cool. Yeah. Cool, good for you, right? Like it's like you. We don't need to be a psychic to be like there is some major doubt there, right? And so it was facing that, and and I came in with this attitude of like, look, people are gonna think that I'm crazy, but this is my life. It is not their life. If I dictate my life on what I believe other people are gonna think of me, then what even life am I living? And I think that's what so many of us do. We base our decisions in our life on what other people are gonna think about us, but they're not living our life, we're living our life. And so I went into this with like, look, I'm just going to put my shield up. I'm going to realize that people are going to judge me and I'm going to still hold to this because my desire to go after this is bigger than my fear of what people are going to say. And I just knew that I had to face that. And so when you say, what does going all in mean? You know, like I didn't just dabble at this. You can't really dabble yeah. at the Olympics, right? And I think this is what a lot of people do with their dream. They say, oh yeah, I'm going to say yes. And then I'm just going to like dip my toe and then run away and run back. It's like, oh, right. And this, so many of us do try that. It out. Yeah, try it out and okay. just see if I don't fail and then come back. Right. And so within six months of actually getting this opportunity, I literally packed up my life in Vancouver. I dropped out of university. I got out of line of credit and I moved across the world to Perth, Australia, where I had never been. And I didn't actually know anyone. And I knew I had to put myself in the environment of the people mm. that I wanted to become like. That was the best place for me to move to at the time with the uh, assistant coach there, with some of the teammates that became some of my closest friends. And I put myself in the environment. I literally walked away from my life to go after this, right? And not all of us are gonna have to walk away Away from our life. But what I mean by that is I put myself in the environment where, with the people that were doing the things that I wanted to do. And I think that's such a powerful key because when we do that, we start to calibrate up to that belief system and that energy. I had a coach, I had a team, and that helped me start to change my mindset into what if I just go after this and see what happens into this mindset of, oh my gosh, I could actually pull this off. I could actually make it to the Olympics. And so what happened once you, you know, really emerged yourself in the process and the people with the team and the coach and creating that mindset what ended up because I know people are going to be like and and what, what happened what happened yeah so um I moved across the world I moved to Australia and I let's be very clear here when I moved there I was at the bottom of the ranks right there was about 16 girls trying out for the team at the time I was like 16 out of 16 but again I had a one in 16 chance right and so it's all the way that you see the glass is it half full or half empty I'm yeah. like okay cool I got one sixteenth on my side and I really started that 
of that time to work on my mindset. I started to work on my self-awareness. I started to work on what are the things that I can do outside of the pool and outside of training to improve myself and as well do well at training. And so within like a year's time, I went from the bottom of the team to be in definitely within the top half. By the time I tried out for the actual Olympic squad to go to the Rio Olympics, I came fourth. And then I made it to the Rio Olympic Games in 2016 to compete with Australia. And then not only that, I got to go to three world championships on top of that, which is really big in sport to go to world championships. And I retired in 2019 after five years on the team. And so that all came from me saying yes to something that seemed so scary and impossible at the time. And creating that hope because you're like, I got one in 16 chance. Right. But then also not just relaxing and saying, okay, I got one in 16 chance. You still had to do your part and really go all in. So when someone's out there kind of just dipping their toes into something, I'm just going to try this out. How can they shift from trying it out to going all in? Because going all in is risky, right? And I just hear people saying, but I don't know if I can do that or what happens if I fail. And and it doesn't work out or, you know, I only have one in 16 chance. So why even, why even bother doing it? I mean, there's no way that they're going to pick me. I'm 16 out of 16. There's just, you know, there's no way. So how do you shift from that kind of negative mentality to, you know yeah. what, I got one in 16 chance I, and then going and doing the work that it involves. Cause it's not just about moving you know, around the world to Australia, you have to then dedicate yourself to putting forth the time and the effort and the energy to make it happen. Yeah, we really have to make a decision to be all in, right? And so what I say with my um, my clients is like, we can be in the dabble energy, right? I'm just gonna dabble and I'm gonna dip my toe and then I'm gonna walk away. But what happens is when we're kind of in the energy of just dabbling in our dreams, then we kind of guarantee failure, right? There's mm-hmm. gonna be once in a blue moon, someone's gonna strike gold. But usually the people that achieve the things that you're wanting to achieve, they have actually gone all in. And this is really important. We have to change our mindset around failure because in some aspects, in all aspects of our life, failure is guaranteed, but it's what you do with the failure, right? I didn't make the provincial team in 2010 in my province in Canada, but I made the Olympic team in 2016. So I failed six years earlier, but I made the Olympic team. But if I use that as proof as why I wasn't good enough, and like then it wouldn't have allowed me to actually get to the Olympics. And so mm-hmm. what I say with my clients is let's change the meaning around failure, right? What if failure is just a learning lesson? What did it lead us to? We see anyone successful, literally anyone, whether it be actors, musicians, um, music, um, like people that have built big companies, they have failed along the way, but you learn how to fail fast and you learn how to fail smart and you learn how to get up. Because the thing that we forget is when you fail, you're not back at the place where you first started. You fail forward and you learn more. I have failed so much in my life and we need to be really aware of just making sure that failure, we don't make it mean anything bad about us. It doesn't mean that you're not enough. It doesn't mean that you're not worthy. It just means that it didn't work out this time. And next time could be the time for us. And so I believe anyone going after their dreams in whatever capacity, we have to get a lot more comfortable with failure and realize internally that we are worthy and good enough no matter what. 
Do you want to start saying yes, but you just don't know where to start? And oftentimes when we don't know where to start, we just don't start. So we created an ebook just for you. We put together 101 ways to say yes in this ebook. Ideas, big and small, things that only take a small amount of time, like one to two minutes. Whether you're saying yes to yourself and your family, relationships, or pushing yourself lovingly outside of your comfort zone with adventures, it's all made to really help you become more of your rock star self. So you can get this ebook at thesayyesexperience.com forward slash book, B-O-O-K. So if you want to start saying yes, or maybe you need some ideas on how to say yes because you get so caught up in being busy and doing tasks and projects or doing laundry and cooking that the time flies by and you want to spend time with your family, but you just don't know how to say yes. Those ideas just don't come to you. We put it together to make it super, super easy for you. So go to thesayyesexperience.com forward slash book to get your copy today and start saying yes now. Are you feeling overwhelmed, stressed, or burned out? We get it. You're not alone. In fact, according to our research, 79% of the workforce is in burnout and almost half are in extreme burnout. In fact, it's the number one reason why people are leaving organizations. They're burned out. They're looking for something more. They're looking for something better. But it doesn't have to be that way. We have your solution. It's called Blaze Your Brain to Extinguish Burnout. 52 Keys to Prevent, Breakthrough, and Eliminate Burnout. You can find your copy at jessicarector.com forward slash store. Now, this is a great tool that you can use with yourself, with your colleagues, within your organization. Everyone can get one and you can go through one a week with them. And at the end, you can say, what was something that worked this week? What was the success you had? So you can champion and encourage each other. You can also ask what were the challenges and issues that came up so you can mastermind and brainstorm around those to keep those from coming up in the future. So make sure you get your copy at justcorrector.com forward slash store. All books are autographed with a personal message just for you. Absolutely. And one of the things that I always teach my son is it just means that right now you're supposed to be doing something else or with someone else. You're supposed to be somewhere else than at that place at that moment. And then what can you learn from that experience? Because every failure is an opportunity for growth, right? We can either sit in that or we can say, okay, well, where do I need to do better or be better? Or where can I learn something so I can do better next time as opposed to, I'm just not going to do that again. But so often as we become adults, we wire our brains to literally say, I tried that before it didn't work. So now I'm just not going to do that. It's Mm -hmm. not going to happen. So I have to say no. So how do we change that dialogue in our heads to create that? Yes. How did you go from 2010, not making it in your province 
2016, how did you transition your brain into not saying, mm, like replaying that from 2010 that you didn't make it, right? Because you replay the tryout or what you did wrong or whatever in that moment. So how do you change that in order to say yes to the next opportunity? Absolutely. You know, I think it really, for me, it was a fear of not living an extraordinary life. I really mm. had this deep desire to live bigger and bolder and brighter and make the most and suck all of the juice out of the orange that is this life and really make it delicious. Right. I and I didn't, I, from a young age, I knew that I didn't want to do ordinary. Again, not that ordinary is bad. Everyone is going to find their zest in whatever way that means for them. But I just knew that I wanted to do something different for me. And so that Olympic opportunity, it felt like the, my shot and I took it and I ran with it. And so part of it was using fear in my favor, right? I think a lot of us think that fear is a bad thing, but actually we, there's going to be fear in our life. I explain mm -hmm. this to my clients, right? You get to choose a cup. You have a cup. One cup is the fear of judgment. What other people are going to think the fear of failure and the other cup is the fear of regret. And I realized that I would rather choose the cup. That's the fear of judgment. That's the fear of what people think, the fear of failure, mm -hmm. instead of choosing the cup of the fear of regret. I never want to choose the fear of regret because at least if I go down a path and give it my all and I tried, I can know that I went to the end of that opportunity and I know that that wasn't meant for me. And this is where, you know, how do we change this? This is where I really believe deeply in, in being able to do this inner work on working on our self-worth, working on our mindset, working on our self-belief. Because yes, there's going after the opportunity, going after the dream, but then there's all the stuff that comes up inside of us mm -hmm. that makes that we feel like we're not worthy to do all of those things. And so that's going to look different for lots of different people. Maybe for some people that means going to therapy. Maybe for some people that means working with a coach. Maybe for some people that means starting to journal or meditate or getting a book um, that mm -hmm. allows them to work on their internal mindset. But really, you know, one of the things that helped me in the Olympics sphere, and this is what my sports psychologist said to me um he's like look at the people that have made it and he said these are all the olympians that have made it to the games he had been to 10 olympics himself and so he knows oh, right he knows olympics cool. um and he said this is one thing that all these athletes have in common they all journaled every day and they all went to training with an intention and i found that really powerful and i took it and i ran with it and a quote that i heard early on in my life was look at the people that are doing the things that you want to do and then mm -hmm. copy that right? Because yeah. there's people that have walked the road before us. And the, what we're talking about here, it's not, it's not revolutionary. It's not brand new. This is what people have heard before, but how many times do you need to hear it before you integrate it in your life? Right? Exactly. And just whatever you're doing action with intention, right? Not just about taking action for the sake of taking action, but what's the reason behind taking that action? Yeah. It's all about being intentional with it because so many people may want to do something but they're not being strategic and intentional with that. And I love how you say like the buckets of fear of judgment versus fear of regret. You know, so many people live in that fear of judgment bucket, meaning that they're not going to do something because that fear of judgment outweighs the fear of regret. And so they're going to sit there and stay in that thinking about, well, what are people going to say, think or do about me? And quite frankly, most of the time, people are not thinking about you. They are not thinking about you. They have their own life and all the other stuff going on. So we think, what are people going to say or think or do about me if I do something or try this? 
And most of the time, they're not going to even be thinking about you at all because they have so many other things going on in their lives. So we need to get out of that and more into living by what we want and not regretting those type of things. Absolutely. And, you know, if, if you do have people that, you know, consistently judge you, maybe those aren't people you want to have in your life. Right. And just like you said, right, people, you know, we can think that people judge us, but really what that judgment is at the core of is that they are intimidated by the decisions that you're making as a reflection of how they feel about themselves. If they, Absolutely. you think that they're judging you because you're confident, it's maybe because they're judging themselves because they're not confident enough. We are very egocentric beings, right? And we usually are focused on ourselves. And so it's not actually you, it's what you're doing that reflects something on themselves. And so once we have that level of self-awareness, I think it creates a lot more self-compassion and also empathy for what we see in other people, because we start to just look at judgment in a whole different light. Absolutely. You know, so talk to us a little bit about the confidence that you gained from saying yes throughout that journey and throughout that path. One of the things that I get asked the most in my life is how did you become so confident? Like you are very confident. How did you get that way? And it doesn't come from one thing, right? It doesn't like overnight you wake up and you're like, boom, I'm confident. Here I am. Like it's, it's really uh, small things that lead to more confidence in my life. And then more confidence in one area grows confidence in another area. And, but one thing I always say, my success comes from betting on me. There could be a whole room of people saying, no, no, no. And I will be at the front saying, yes, yes, yes. And at the end of the day, my opinion is the only one that matters about me. So what am I doing to fill me up? You know, what am I doing to make myself happy? And how am I betting on myself? Because there's a lot of risk out there in anything that we do in life. And one thing I will always bet on and never regret is betting on myself. So how has your confidence grown? Like, where did it start? And through the process of all those failures that you've had, and especially in the Olympics, like really talk about competition, right? Very yeah. competitive. How did your confidence grow? How did it waver in times? And how did you basically recover from any of those times that it wavered? Yeah, great question. So just to give people a bit of context, I have not always been a confident person because I think what we do is go, well, it's easy for them, right? And we separate ourselves from those people, yes, but we absolutely. usually forget that everyone that has a level of confidence, like not, there maybe is a small few, but not all of us came walking out of the womb with a whole bunch of confidence. <laughs> Right? Like we have to build the muscle. And so, you know, when I was younger, I remember being like 12 years old and we went to a restaurant um, and we didn't often go to restaurants, but I couldn't even order my food from the waiter because I was that shy, you know? Mm. And so like my mom had to order my food for me and like at 12, like obviously I could speak, I was a fully grown human being, but that's how shy I was. And so to one of the things that was my greatest gift is the sport in and of itself of synchronized swimming. You know, I struggle with my confidence and I was put in this little tiny bathing suit and told to go out there and like strut my stuff right and so what I learned through synchronized swimming was that you're not always going to feel confident but you can embody that version of yourself that holds that energy and I know a lot of people don't like this saying but I want to just look at it in a different perspective is I learned to fake it until I made it fake it until you make it. So I'm not saying be fake, be inauthentic. I'm saying embody the version of yourself that is confident. 
and mm-hmm. hold the energy of that version. Because the truth was all of the little girl Danielle's that led up to me going to the Olympics, even at the Olympic games, I was scared completely scared but what i would do before i'd go out and walk on stage is i would adjust my posture put my shoulders back put my chest up do the power stance and i would say even though i'm really nervous right now i'm going to pretend to be the person who's confident and what starts to happen is when you're pretending to be the higher version of yourself that's more confident is over time when you build that muscle you actually naturally become Mm -hmm. that version of yourself Mm -hmm. and also the person you know what i learned from like i have obviously I did the sport for 18 years, we would do a lot of video review. Whenever I would review myself and watch how I was training and swimming and I looked unconfident, it didn't look as good. But even the times where I just pretended to be confident, even though I was scared and worried and tired, it actually presented so much better, you know, in my sport and as a performer and as an athlete. And so through that, I started to learn how to really build that muscle of confidence. Our physical posture has such an effect on our energy, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, make sure that we're adjusting that physical posture. And I still have moments in my life where I have insecurities come up, but it's like, okay, cool. I'm just gonna embody the version of Danielle that's confident right now, even if I don't feel like that. It's like almost putting on a suit, putting on a cape and then boom, just go. And that always helps me, even when I do speaking now, even when I come onto podcasts, whatever I do, I shift my energy and that helps me build that muscle of confidence. And for me also, it's smiling. If I'm ever feeling like, you know, insecure or something, just smile, just smile through it, you know, because oftentimes if you are in, if you're really thinking, like if you're watching someone speak or you're listening to someone what happens is we tend to just sit there and our face gets very like straight across because we're like in deep thought or we're kind of just sitting there. But if you smile, you have to think about smiling. So meaning your thoughts get taken away from you feeling hesitant or nervous or anxious or insecure because your thought is focused on smiling. I'm just going to smile. I'm just smiling. So that's all you're thinking about because People don't walk around just smiling, like just mm-hmm. smiling all the time, because then it's going to come across very fake, right? Totally. But but when you put that smile on, your brain is thinking, okay, just smile, just keep smiling, and so you don't have the time to be worried or anxious or scared or because you're just you're busy smiling. Absolutely. And I'm like you, I did not grow up very confident. I actually there were parts of my life where I was confident. But I was very much, especially when I became a senior uh, freshman and freshman to senior year in high school, I really wanted to have friends. I really wanted to be liked. And so I was not very confident at all. And then it was, you know, as I got to a certain point in my life, especially through college, that confidence slowly came. But I think it also came through the people that I hung out with, the people that I was associating with, the people who are like me and that helped me be a better version of me. So if we're not feeling confident, take a look at the people in our lives and around us. What kind of energy are they giving off that we're taking on? And if they're, if it's not the people we want to be around, limit our time with them. If there's a way to, you know, decrease that time or get them out of our lives altogether, depending upon who it is, you know, do that because you also pick up the energy from the people around you. And that's why I love when you're saying like, 
people that you're surrounding yourself with, be around the people of where you want to be. And if they aren't in your life, where can you go find them? How can you reach out to them? Right? Because even if those people exist. are not on your team, how can, how can people start reaching out to them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and that's where I really believe you got to put yourself in the environment. And, and there, I think we, sometimes if we're in this belief system that those people don't exist, that's mm-hmm. exactly what we see in our reality. But if, even if you just start to open yourself and open your mind to the possibility of like, where are the people that are doing the things that I want to do, right? Where are, where are they playing? Yeah. Where are they existing? Where are they having conversations with? And I've had to do this multiple times in my life. I've lived in four countries before I turned 30 years old. Right. Wow. And so moving environments, I, yeah. that was always uncomfortable. I had to get out of my comfort zone to meet those people. So go, like, look, there's meetup, there's Eventbrite, like, put yourself in programs, in groups, in situations, in conferences where those people exist. Because what I see in the world is that there's actually a lot of really beautiful, powerful, supportive people that exist mm-hmm. out there that want to cheer you on. And so if that you don't have them in the environment that you're in, go and find them in the physical world or in the virtual world, because a thousand percent, there's millions and millions of us online that want to cheer yeah. you on. Um, and so make sure you find those people. And I just wanted to comment quickly on what you said about smiling, because as synchronized swimmers, we actually have a lot of the time we're smiling while we're performing. And the interesting thing is we're exhausted, right? Your heart rate is at 180 beats per minute. You are not breathing for 50% of the time. Physically, your body feels like it's dying, right? But you have to pop out of the water and smile and pretend that nothing is wrong. And what I started to notice is that the more when I would smile when I was training, so we didn't always have to do it in training, but we always had to do it in perform, perform at a competition. So I would make sure that I did it when I was training because I noticed that when I smiled, I actually felt better when I was, mm-hmm. even though my body was on the verge of feeling like yes. it was going to collapse, I actually felt better because it changed my mind. Our physical stature, our smile, our the way that our muscles work in our face, it is connected to our brain. And so we can yes. trick ourselves into happiness and trick ourselves into joy and confidence just by those little things. Yes. Uh, research shows that when you change your physiology, you change your psychology. So if you're ever feeling insecure, hesitant, unsure, change how you're sitting or standing and you're going to change change how you think. So it's very powerful, but it's also, and it's also about really training that muscle and getting yourself used to doing it. So what do you want to leave our people with our audience with really to inspire and empower them? They may not be going out for the Olympics, but by sharing your story, how do you want to empower and inspire them to say yes and create a say yes experience? Yeah, I want you guys to open yourselves up to the opportunities that are in your life and find the pockets of your reality where there's actually places for you to say yes to the big, bold, scary things. Because we have one life in this body at this time and life is so fleeting. We could be gone tomorrow. So why not live this experience and have the best reality that we can actually create? And the time is gonna pass anyways. So whether you fail on the way to your success, which is absolutely guaranteed, you're going to have a great time. And so I just want you guys to remember to allow yourself to see these opportunities and to say yes, wherever you can, because you will not regret any of those yeses. Thank you so much, Daniel. We appreciate you being here and sharing your story about the Olympics. It's very fascinating and very exciting. So 
Whenever you're going about your day, no matter what comes up throughout your day, look for those opportunities. Oftentimes they pass you by and you don't even recognize them as opportunities. So how can you start saying yes to the, just looking for those opportunities? And then when they come up, say yes to them and be big, bold, brave, and courageous. We'll see you next time. Have an awesome day. Bye-bye. Are you ready to move to your next level of rockstar greatness? CFO, Chief Fun Officer, number one best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Blaze Rector, is ready to help you do that. At just 10 years old, he's already written two number one best-selling books. Through the power of storytelling, he uses lessons learned and shares strategies, tips, tactics, and tools to inspire, empower, and motivate you to live a more amazing life. So if you're ready to do that in your own life, grab a copy of his number one bestselling books at jessicarector.com forward slash store. And when you order your copies, he will personally autograph them and write you a message on those books before shipping them out to you to really inspire and empower you in your life. These books are great for adults and kids alike. So if you're ready to move to your next level of rockstar greatness, make sure you grab your copy at justcorrector.com forward slash store. Enjoy those amazing, empowering, transformational books. Did you know that the two biggest issues impacting the workforce are mental health and burnout? Well, we have your solution. The more that you feel burned out, the more it impacts your mental health. The more your mental health is impacted, the more it leads to burnout. So it's a vicious cycle that goes around and around, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can help them both if you're intentional and strategic with it. We have lots of resources for you at justcorrector.com forward slash store. One that I want to highlight that really enhances your mental health is Tame Your Brain Game, 52 Tips to Turn Negative Thoughts into Positive Action. Now, research shows that 80% of your thoughts are negative. No matter how positive you feel, it's the pattern and the habit that you've developed over the course of years, over the course of decades. And that can often impact your life, how you show up, how you lead, how you communicate, how you engage, whether at work or at home. And then it also impacts a work environment. All you need is one NN or TT, negative Nancy or toxic Tim to really impact that work environment. So if you are ready to enhance your mental health, get your copy of Tame Your Brain Game, 52 Tips to Turn Negative Thoughts into Positive Action today at justcorrector.com forward slash store. All books are autographed with a personal message just for you. Thank you so much for being here. Check us out at thesayyesexperience.com. Our mission at the Say Yes Experience is to empower 10 million people to say yes. With your help in sharing our podcast, we can do that. Follow us on all social media at the Say Yes Experience and join our free community at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Say Yes Experience. Thank you again to our guest. You can find all the contact information for our guest in the show notes. Thank you to our CFO, Chief Fun Officer, Blaze Rector, our business advisor, Lisa Rehurik, and to our team at Jessica Rector Enterprises. We look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Have an amazing day and keep being a rock star.